If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Hello, Ghanaians. Good evening. And thank you very much for joining us here on Upfront on the Joy News Channel. My name is Winston Amwa. And tonight, our focus is on trade. But even before we get into trade, I know lots of you have been having conversations about, uh, you know, ECOWAS's discussions uh, about selling troops to Niger. And you've asked yourself the question, do we contribute troops or not? And of course, we still have some of you talking about the Bank of Ghana. But tonight, our focus is on the Ghana Trade Vulnerability Report as released by the Ghana Statistical Service. Now, this is the first of its kind conducted in 2022, and the report released. There's been lots of discussions about it. But, of course, for many of you, first, the fact that our total imports for 2022 amounted to 148 billion, 148.6 billion Ghana cities, and our total exports amounting to 144.1 billion. So that will tell you if you just do the calculation, if you do the math, it tells you we have a trade deficit of some 4.5 billion Ghana cities. But that's not all. Other issues in there, the fact that a lot of our exports, about 90% of our exports, I'm sure your guess will be as good as mine, gold, mineral and fuel, or 
crude oil, and then cocoa, including cashew, that contributes to about 90% of our total exports. Well, the other issue is that all of these sent or exported in their raw state. Majority of our gold goes to three countries, South Africa, Switzerland, India. But what do these figures mean? It's a conversation we're about to have this evening on Upfront on the Joy News Channel. What do these figures mean for the Ghanaian economy? And what could be the impact of these figures on the Ghanaian economy? Should we be concerned? What do the figures tell us about our industrialization drive and also about our vulnerabilities? Does it in any way present certain challenges for us that we must be mindful of and that we must put in place measures to solve? That's what we're about to do this evening here on our front on the Joy News Channel. And we're privileged to be joined by the head of trade statistics at the Ghana Statistical Service, Desmond Odum. Good evening and thank you very much for joining us. Good evening, and thank you for inviting me. Great, and uh, congratulations on your delivery of that report. Uh, this is the first of its kind. Yes. Great. So help us understand why you decided to you know, get into this report in the first place. Because so many people, yes, uh, statistical surveys would come out with uh, inflation data, growth rate data. Uh, these days you're doing a lot of uh, labor surveys. But why trade vulnerability? Okay, so... Um, first of all, thank you very much, and let me say a good evening to your cherished uh, listeners. So, trade vulnerability. Oftentimes, the discussion has been about the levels. Um, for a particular reference period, we, we imported this volume, and then we exported this volume. So, what um, Statistical Service is trying to do now is to give more insight into trade statistics. So if we say we imported to the tune of 148.6 billion Ghana cities, now we want to break it down, look at the commodities that composes this 146 billion, and then after looking at these commodities, we also want to look at where are we importing these commodities from. Are we just concentrating on a few countries or just a country such that when there is any trouble, then we are not diversified enough in terms of our trading partners. Same for exports. Where are we exporting our commodities to? Which commodities are we exporting? Which ones are the major ones? So this is what the report seeks to do. And then also provide policymakers with much detail to help in the policy and decision making. And talking about you know, breaking things down, I mean, you've talked about policy. So policy-wise, what does this report seek to achieve? Yeah, so um, first of all, let me say this report concentrated on um, trading goods. So when you talk about international trade in general, we have trade in goods and we have trade in services. But the focus of this report is on the goods aspect of international Why trade. Why did you decide to focus on goods? So... Um, it's an ongoing process, so once we are done with this, um, the discussions around trading services are also ongoing. So in the near future, statistical service will be coming up with some statistics when it comes to um, trading services. Is that something we should, I mean, all things being equal, expect say next year you'll be able to tell us what we did in 2023 when it comes to trading services to, or we probably may have to give a bit, some bit of time. Yes, so we are in discussion, you know, so this 
um, report is based on administrative data. We use um, the customs declarations um, data. So the trading services data also sits with the central bank. So we are in discussions to see how um, we can get access to this data. And then again, the level of detail would also um, play a lot in us coming up with such details for the services aspect of trade. Okay. So you talked about how this is I mean, supposed to influence policy. One of the things I want us to do is begin to go into the, I mean, the uh, you know, findings, for instance. So uh, total exports, 1. 144.1 billion. Total imports, 148.6 billion. It means we have a trade deficit of 4.5 billion. Why should we be concerned? Okay. So um, when it comes to international trade, you either import or you export. Now, when you export, that is your major foreign exchange earner. And then if you import, it means because you cannot trade with other countries in our currency, it means we need to get forex to be able to import whatever we are importing into the country. So what it means is now, are we import dependent? or we are exporting more than we are importing. And as you can see from this report, for the year 2022, we imported more than we exported, and the trade deficit, as you rightly mentioned, is about $4.5 billion. So what it means is that to be able to um, equate your imports to export, it means what you are exporting, which is fetching you um, $144.1 billion, you have a deficit of 4.5 billion. And for you to be able to um, make sure you are able to import to meet domestic demands, it means you need forex. And your major foreign exchange earnings is from your exports because we cannot trade with other countries in our currency. So these are the dynamics. And when we go further into the report, then it's, it becomes clearer for us. Mm. Let's go further into the report. So, for instance, uh, uh, we've seen the total trade per month. We've seen the number of countries that Ghana traded with. Let's look at that. Let's look at the number of countries that Ghana traded with. And let's get a clearer understanding of this, for instance, why it's important to look at the number of countries we're trading with, for instance. So we realize that we're exported to 161 countries, but we import from 209 countries. Yes. So... We put this in the report to give us an idea, and this is where we want to drive the conversation when it comes to vulnerabilities. How many countries are you trading with when it comes to exports? And then how many countries are you importing from? And from the report, you can see in the year 2022, we imported or we exported um, to 161 countries, and then we imported from 209 countries. So... When we go deeper into the report, then you would begin to see the dynamics. Even though we traded with 209 uh, in terms of imports, but who are the major trading partners when it comes to imports? We traded with 161 countries. Who are the major players to this 161? Okay, so let's look at the 161 and 209. What does this tell us? I mean, so if you um, exported to 161 countries and imported from 200, 209 countries, what does it say about you? 
What does it say about your vulnerability or otherwise? Yeah, so when it comes to um, the trading partners, so we are trading with, in terms of export, we are trading with 161 countries and then import 209. Now, so what it means is, now, if you are trading in a particular commodity, now, for that particular export commodity, how many countries do you have as alternatives? So, for example, let's take our cocoa. If all our cocoa is going to, let's say, just two or three countries, and then there is some form of problem, and we cannot trade with these two or three countries, what happens to our cocoa beans? Do we have alternatives? So this is the insight that the report wants to um, provide for policymakers to begin to enact policies that can help us diversify in terms of our trading partners. It's same with imports. We are importing from 209 countries, but which are the major countries? Are we just concentrating on a few, or we are diversified enough from where we are sourcing our import commodities? Exports then. And let's look at one of the key exports of Ghana. Let's look at gold. So I see that, um, per the figures, in gold we exported 48.1% uh, of our gold to Switzerland, 21.4% to India, and South Africa, 24.8%. What do these figures tell us? Yeah, so if you take gold as a commodity, which is one of our major export commodities, as you rightly indicated, so 48.1% of our gold is in 2022 was exported to Switzerland and then to South Africa, 28.4, and then to India, 21.4. Uh, now, so we have just about one, two, three, four countries that we are exporting our gold to. So the question is, we now need to begin to look at alternatives in terms of our trading partners. Are we getting value for money? And mind you, the pricing of this commodity is not done by us. It's determined by the world um, commodity market. So the question is, are we doing the trade rightly by just, or is it that we don't have alternatives, so we don't have a choice and we need to push everything to these um, countries? Let me understand something. And because you've raised these questions about whether we have no alternatives, why are we you know, uh, exporting to a lot of these countries in 2022? So 38.1% uh, of our gold was exported to Switzerland in 2022, for instance. Now, if we're exporting to these three major countries, and I look at it, 48.1, 21.4, and 24.8, that's over 90% yes. going into these countries. Now, how exposed are we to vulnerabilities in these countries? Thank you. So we have gold as our major export commodity, and we are exporting to these three countries. Now, the question is, if anything should happen to any of these countries, what are we going to do to our gold? 
Do we have other trading partners that we can readily fall on to still export the gold that we are producing? So this is the conversation that policy makers need to begin to look at such that we can diversify in terms of our trading partners. For example, recently um, there was an issue about onions from Niger and you would see the impact. So if you have just one or a few countries as your trading partner and then there is any shock and the shock could be economic, it could be anything. Now, what do you do? Because this is your major um, foreign exchange earner. So once you don't diversify, and then you have just a few or one trading partner, if anything should happen in terms of shock, then what do you do to your produced commodity as at that point in time? Do we have alternatives? So this is the conversation that policy to begin. And let's start that conversation from here. So if I get you clearly, the point you're making is that if we're exporting about 90% of gold to Switzerland, South Africa, and India, if these countries decide not to receive imports from us, then we could be faced with a problem. And so is it your view that we must begin to look at, uh, you know, exporting to more countries and reducing the concentration in these countries. Is that a view? Yeah, so that is one of the, um, or that's one side of the issue. And then... Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes... Only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Another side of the issue is, can we begin to have a conversation around value addition? Because you realize that these major commodities that we are exporting are primary commodities. And as we all know, for the primary commodities, we don't even determine the prices. Yes. So we need to, yes, trying to diversify to have more trading partners, we need to also begin to have the conversation around value addition. Because then, in, even in the process of value addition, then there is more job creation. Because once you are adding value from one form to the other, it's people that you need to engage to do that value addition. So this is where the conversation um, needs to begin. One which you have alluded to, do we have to diversify our trading partners? And then again, should we begin to look at value addition? Maybe probably once you have added value, it becomes easy for you to have more trading partners because then there is a lot of demand for whichever product that you are adding value to. Talking about value addition, isn't it strange, for instance, that South Africa has also 
a gold-producing country imports gold from us, raw in their raw state. Yes. So, like I've said, we need to also look at in, um, the trade statistics or trade data of South Africa and then also begin to have an idea of what exactly they do to the gold when they get it in the raw form. Do they also um, trade in it in that raw state or there's some form of value addition? So these are the conversations. We can have that mirror statistics and then have a look at what um, South Africa is also doing with their gold, whether they are also trading in that primary form or they are adding value to get in more... Um, they, I mean, they're certainly adding value to it. But I also see that um, the United Arab Emirates, uh, UAE, 4.8%. But there's, then there's, um, you know, minerals, fuels, and oils. Yes. And in here, you look at um, China, 38.1% of our uh, oil, if you just put it that way, oil goes to China. In uh, For Canada, 33.0%. Italy, 69 United Kingdom, 60 South Africa, again, 3.1. At least this one, you have a lot more countries in there, isn't it? Certainly. So the, the mineral fuels and oils here, it's the crude oil. Yeah. So the crude oil that we are producing, these are there are six major countries. China, one. Canada, two. Italy, three. United Kingdom, four. And then we have the United States of America and South Africa. So these are our major trading partners when it comes to our crude oil um, exports. Mm. Great. Yes, yes, go on. You're making yeah, so, so at least comparing crude to gold, you realize that at least for crude, it's a bit diversified in terms of the partners than gold, which about 90% is just going to um, three countries. And we see that uh, cocoa beans and products also. Netherlands, 27%. Then you have Belgium, 9.7%, uh, France, 6.4%, Spain, 4.8%, Japan, 4.1%, Malaysia, 5.8%, Germany, 54 um, Canada, 27 Poland, 23 Italy, 22 and a lot of countries. This is what you probably would expect and say we should be diversifying our exports, isn't it? Exactly, exactly, exactly so. So um, if you look at cocoa, like you have indicated, we at least have, um, when it comes to the partner countries, we have diversification. Um, it cuts across Europe, Asia, and Africa. And, okay, there is no Africa there. So when it comes to cocoa, at least we are a little diversified in terms of our trading partners, such that if we have any bilateral issue with one country, at least there is alternative. But talking about, you know, if we have any bilateral issue, at least there's a thing. Some would also argue that, you know, uh, sometimes you want to, you know, export your products to where they are, you know, people are willing to accept them. Okay? So if you have a major trader, maybe you've gone, and some of these products at times they could actually go into hedging agreements, for instance. So if you've gone into agreements with these uh, countries, sometimes they're countries that are offering to pay more. Shouldn't you be focusing on where you can get value for money, rather than focusing on spreading it thinly. Yeah, so, and it's very important you have brought up this point. So that is where the conversation should begin to ensue from. Are we really getting value for money by trading with these specific countries? 
that is where the negotiations, the bilateral negotiations and all those um, other aspects of trade has to come in. Are we really getting value for money? Or is it that we don't have alternative or we don't have a choice? So we still, whichever way, have to trade with these countries. For all you know, like you said, there could be better markets elsewhere. But because we are just focused on these um, few countries, we, we probably might not be benefiting so much from the returns in terms of trading. So we need to also begin to start some feasibility studies and all the other things to see if we can find markets elsewhere to get real value for money. Since you're doing this to shape policy, do I get the impression that going for these are things you begin to do? Also look at, um, you know, comparing them to, you know, comparing the volumes, for instance, to, uh, you know, volumes in other parts of, uh, you know, to, to those of other countries to determine whether indeed where we're going, we're getting the right values. That's something that you would consider doing. Yeah, so um, in terms of, so that is what we call the mirror statistics. Yes. You would want to also see whether you are doing well in a particular area in terms of your um, commodities. So this is one thing that GSSM can, statistical service can take up. We can look at other countries who are producing same commodities, and then we can begin to also look at their diversification in terms of trade partners, and then we compare to ours and see if we are indeed on the right track or not. Let's look at, um, you know, intra-African trade, okay? So, I mean, I see that um, a lot of our, you know, uh, sports going to Europe, Asia, and all of that. But let's look at Africa. Let's come to Africa. What do the figures say about, uh, you know, our trade levels with our colleagues uh, starting from, you know, the African continent as a whole? Then we could zero it in on the West African sub-region. Yeah, so if we take Africa as a continent, first of all, trade has become important, and is the reason why the AFTA has been initiated to break the barriers such that um, among ourselves as continent, we can freely um, trade. So if you look into the report, um, South Africa is our major um, trading partner on the continent, and that is as a result of the gold. If you look at um, our trade with um, South Africa in terms of export, um, about... 89, almost 90% of our trade with Africa, um, South Africa is gold. Mm. And then some 9.2 is the mineral fuels. Now let's come to our um, region, that's West Africa. So in West Africa, you see um, Burkina Faso. We are doing some little exporting to Burkina Faso, and that is a chemical product. Um, so that will be the agro and pharmaceutical products. And then a little of um, iron and steel, to Burkina, and then again plastics, and then the uh, all the other um, commodities. So, and then let's look at Cote d'Ivoire, who is also our immediate um, neighbor. For Cote d'Ivoire, we trade in a lot of goods. So, about seventy point eight percent of our trade with Cote d'Ivoire, you realize that is in all um, other products except um, gold, mineral fuels, cocoa, machinery, chemicals, and other. And then you look at Togo. So you realize that among ourselves as um, countries on the African continent, we are not really trading um, a lot among ourselves. And I'm sure it's the reason why the AFTA has come on board now to ensure that the barriers and all the hitches that uh, are erected to prevent us from 
trading among ourselves are, are taken away. Let me find out something from you. I mean, which, which should have been better? I mean, is it better to trade amongst ourselves within the African continent? Or you say it's okay going out there and finding multiple partners in Asia, Europe, and the Americas? Yeah, so as, as a continent, it's, it's important that we, as much as possible, trade among ourselves. So you would realize that um, if you look at the report, the by continent, the only continent that we exported more than we imported from is the African continent. We exported more to Africa than we imported from Africa. So now the issue is, as a country or as a continent, are there commodities that we can easily find market with our neighbors instead of looking elsewhere? So, for example, if um, Niger produces a lot of onions, so do we look at trading with Niger or we look at Europe in terms of the trade barriers and the restrictions and all the other issues that comes up with? So it's important um, the after has come up um, to make sure that for certain commodities that we have the potential to produce, we can trade with our fellow African countries who probably don't have that in abundance before we begin to look elsewhere. Now, I mean, you've raised a very important point. So looking at um, you know, our trade within Africa, where we export more than we import, that should give us a signal that we could actually take advantage to produce more and export more to Africa rather than, and also continue, we can actually continue with our exports to you, but there's an opportunity for us to export more to Africa, right? Certainly. So that is where we need to now begin to look at data and then see what advantage do we have if we want to trade within Africa. Okay. What are the commodities that our neighboring countries don't have? and we have the capacity and potential to produce such that we can find markets within Africa, like you rightly said, before we begin to look elsewhere. Well, this evening we're looking at, uh, you know, we're assessing Ghana's trade vulnerability report as put out by the Ghana Statistical Service. And we're privileged to be joined by the head of trade statistics, Desmond Odum, right here on Upfront on the Journey Channel. We're looking at the African continent, and you realize that, um, you know, in Africa, a major a trading partner by way of export is South Africa, 51.3%. And that gets to Burkina Faso, okay? Then you go to La Côte d'Ivoire, uh, to Togo. Okay, so La Côte d'Ivoire, you get to Togo. Then you get to, um, you know, Mali. And then you go to Nigeria. We're not doing so much exports to Nigeria. It's only 2.5%. Yes. That's a big market. And it's a big market. Yeah. So that's one of the things we should be flagging and saying, exactly. why are we not in the Nigerian market? Isn't exactly. It? So this, this is actually the intent of this report. Now it's bringing in more insights for us to know that, look, can we find market with our neighbors instead of always concentrating elsewhere? So this is the actual intent of this report, to provide more insight based on numbers so it can guide policy and planning. And I see Senegal also. 2.4. Niger is 2.8. We're not doing very well in the African region. Yeah, not at all. So that presents a huge opportunity for us. I mean, let's look at the, you know, imports. 
that we get from uh, the African countries. Let's just look at the import from the African countries, mm. and then we can just get into. So in Africa, again, when it comes to imports, we're importing 8.6% mm. from Nigeria, and we're only exporting 2.5%. That's inadequate. Yeah. Then in South Africa, we import 23.8%. La Côte d'Ivoire, huge. 8.7, Togo, 9.1. Now, while you don't see that we're you know, exporting to Egypt, we actually import 14.3% from Egypt. From Egypt, yeah. That should be of concern to us. Let me, I mean, get your view on this. I mean, we're importing 14.3% of our imports within the African sub-region. Mm. From Egypt. Yes. Meanwhile, when it comes to our exports, it's negligible. Yes. So, what does that tell us, and what should be our focus? So, yeah. So, um, you realize that the ECOWAS um, Commission made a lot of efforts in time past with the ECOWAS and um, Trade Liberalisation Scheme, yeah. just to take away the barriers that prevents us from trading from ourselves. So. Now, when you are trading, there is another aspect of trading which has to do with the cost of transportation. So, all this plays up when it comes to the price buildup of the commodities. So, if you have a neighbor who can produce a particular commodity that you are not able to produce domestically, do you look at it from your... Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC immediate labor and um, neighbor before you begin to look elsewhere so it's important we begin to pick the statistics look at ECOWAS what commodities are these are ECOWAS countries importing from elsewhere that we have the potential to be able to produce then we begin to have the conversation around such issues why would we and if you look at the import from Egypt, you realize that about 78.8% of our import from um, Egypt is in all other products. Yeah. We need to begin to go into these statistics. Which products are we importing from Egypt? Does our immediate neighbors have the capacity and potential or they have this particular product? So we can begin to have conversations with them. And the same with export. So we need to begin to go into the numbers as the report is showing now and then try as much as possible to 
come up with policies that would help us to trade among ourselves, cut down some of the cost of trading in terms of freighting and transportation. Because when I look at, um, you know, within a North African uh, sub-region, we have huge numbers to, I mean, from Egypt, huge numbers from Morocco, and also from Algeria. Meanwhile, these are countries that we don't export to, but are importing from these countries. Mm. And because we're talking about, you know, the African continental free trade area, this should give us a sign of what we should be doing, for instance. When you do the statistics again, I'm sure later on you'd come in with, you know, uh, some of the things that we import from these countries. What are their major exports also? And whether we can consider, you know, exporting these things to them. But of course, if you look at the fact that, you know, a lot of us would focus on um, oil and they have uh, their neighbor, uh, Libya, also with oil. And the question is, are we going to get to export oil to these countries, which they may have and even have in abundance, isn't it? So the, the, one of the aims of the after, you know, because trade generally, trade promotes growth, it alleviates poverty, and then it helps countries to also achieve their economic um, um, development goals. So the, one of the things that this after seeks to do, and it casts beyond the international trade, because once you are able to begin to produce and trade among yourselves, then it transcends down into job creation. It has impact on, on welfare and all the other things that comes with. So the, when it comes to international trade, you need to do a lot, a lot of analysis to make sure that you always have value for money. Whatever you are sending out there, you are getting value for money, and then whatever it is that you are importing, you are making sure that it's not putting so much stress on your economy. So the after is to break these barriers such that we can trade among ourselves. Because the issue is, if you look at our major trade partners in Europe and all those, these are developed countries. And certain times they determine the trading that they do with you. But if we could now shift our attention and then look within how best can we trade among ourselves, especially in commodities that we have and others don't have and what they have and we don't have? Mm. So let's go to the rest of the world. I mean, we've seen the African situation. China. We seem to do a lot of business with China. Yes. From a little bit of exports, but mainly imports. Yes. And you're talking about diversification, but even... You know, looking at it in Asia, for instance, our biggest trade partner is China. China. But even if we were to look at, you know, imports by commodity type by countries, in China, and it's huge, Mm. in China, we're importing machinery. I mean, take us through the uh, Chinese situation, for instance, our imports from China. Yeah, so if you take China, um, if you look at um, Asia as a continent, um, 47.7% of our imports from Asia is from China. That's just about 50% yeah. of our imports from Asia is from China. Then now we go to look at um, which commodities are we importing from China. So our import of machinery and equipment, 33.3% 
of it is coming from China. Our import of chemical products, 26.0% is coming from China. Our import of, of all other products, 17.0% is coming from China. Then if you take iron and steel, 54.4% of our import of iron and steel is coming from Ghana, eh, China. Sorry. And then plastics, 29.3% of our plastics is coming from China. So you realize that when it comes to import, we are heavily dependent on China for the very essential commodities. Does China offers very affordable rates? Should we be concerned? Uh, that is a conversation that the um, policy makers... Yeah, but you, you, you have done this, and I know that even you don't want to talk about the policy so much, but you have done this, and once you do this, there's actually an idea that you have based on what the figures are telling you. So these figures are telling you something. You would make these figures available, and you would, I mean, actually add explanations to it on what the policymaker should be considering based on the figures you're presenting to them. So... Let's look at the figures you're presenting to them and say, based on these figures that you're presenting to them, what should be our posturing? Yeah, so talking about China and talking about whether they are offering better prices, you know, so for the trader or an importer, as rational as everybody is, you would look out for where you can get the best prices. But then the issue is, can we now begin to have that bilateral conversation with um, China or wherever, because um, if about 50% of your um, imports from Asia is coming from China, how about the other um, countries in Asia? Because we have Japan, we have the Malaysians, we have the Taiwans, who can also equally produce um, all the essential commodities that we are importing from Asia. So... We need to begin to have the conversation, um, it could be bilateral, whichever way, to see if we can source these same things that we are sourcing from China from elsewhere uh, at, at um, value for money. And if you look at it critically, in fact, we're actually importing more vehicle and automotive parts from China than even from Japan. Yes, that's what the numbers are saying. Yes, but I mean... Previously, we are talking about vehicles and automotive parts. You're looking at, in Asia, you're looking at Japan. Yes. Today, the U.S., yes, 27 to 6.7%. Yeah. China, 12.4%. Canada, 10.1%. And UAE, it's, I think, about um, 8 or so. Mm. Belgium. And China, 6.6%. And then, you know, Japan is 47 And India is 4.1%. Over here, we know that a lot of us are dealing with the United States. But you made a point, and that would you know, give me, lead me to what we experienced with the Russia-Ukraine war. I mean, the Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Mm. But all of a sudden, the price of wheat had gone up because we couldn't get it from Ukraine. Fertilizer had become an issue. Mm. And so if we were diversified, for instance, if we had other sources where we could get it, that would have been okay. But of course, the whole world was getting it from a lot of these areas because you have major producers yeah. at Desmond Odoom. When you have major producers of certain commodities, what can you do? Yeah, so you are right. 
Um, I, I don't know whether we have the capacity or potential to be able to produce some of these um, things that um, Ukraine was producing. But like you said, there are major players when it comes to international trade. There are certain commodities because of their nature, you, you can source them from only um, a few countries which you don't have a choice. But then for other commodities that you can source from more than one country, that is where we need to keep our focus on and try to see if we can get alternatives. And then for other commodities that we are importing, we need to begin to have the conversation. Do we have the pot potential to produce domestically, not to meet all demand? Yes, we can have some imports, but we should begin to look at import substitution. Do we have the capacity? For example, fruit juices. We produce watermelons, we produce mangoes. Can we begin to have the conversation? Can we begin to have some import substitution companies where we begin to add value to some of these um, primary commodities, turn them into fruit juices, and free some resources in terms of forex to look at other areas of the economy? Mm. Let's look at um, you know fuel. Let's look at fuel. I mean. Mm. Um, we'll be wrapping it up shortly. Let's look at fuel, one of the major companies. Because if you look at fuel, for instance, now a lot of our fuel imports come from UK, yes, Netherlands, Switzerland, Panama. Mm. Some even come from South Africa and France. Now, mind you, we also export these products. So the United Kingdom seems to be a major trading partner, 42.2%. Mm. Then it gets to Netherlands, 23.1%, Switzerland, 13.4%, and Panama, 5.5%. But of particular interest is the fact that um, you know, these are products that we export. But then we also would have to import. Mm. We export because we don't, we're not able to process our crude oil. So you've made the point. We export the crude oil in its raw form, processed and sold to us yeah. sometimes at higher prices. Yes. So this is a signal that we should be engaging in value addition. Clearly. So if you look at the report, now let's look at our exports of mineral fuels. 38.1% goes to China. That is the export of the crude. Yes. Canada, 33.0%, and then Italy, 69 so this is where we are exporting our raw crude to. Now let's come to where we are importing the refined from. One would expect that once we are exporting our raw crude to China, then we would have expected that when it comes to the import of the refined, some should. But you see the statistics. We export mainly to China, Canada, but when it comes to where we are importing the refined, it's from United Kingdom, Netherlands, and then Switzerland. So the question here is, can we begin to have some conversations with these countries that we are exporting our crew to, such that if it is refined, we can get some back? Hmm. So, but the question also is that, I mean, you, yes, you've exported to them because they have need for it. Yes. And so if you export to them, they would also refine it and use it. So you probably may be referring, uh, you probably may be going to countries where you don't deal with them, and they probably may want to export to you also by way of imports from your side, isn't it? Yes, yeah, so, so 
this this is where the bilateral conversation should begin and for the import of um, um, petroleum now let's look at um, like you said Panama is 5.5 Singapore is 2.7 and um, South Africa France is in there and then we are, are from our neighbor Nigeria it's 1.0 from Nigeria so like you rightly said, maybe as a country we also begin we should begin to look at the idea of value addition. Okay. Stay with us uh, this evening. We're going through the uh, Ghana's trade vulnerability report as released by the Ghana Statistical Service, and we're privileged to be joined by the head of trade statistics, uh, Desmond Odum. When we return, we'll conclude the conversation. We'll be right back. Hello, my name is Abeiku Agri Santana. If there's anything that makes my life so easy, it is my bank. I love hanging out with my boys' boys at our usual fufu joint. But even without cash, we still need job better with EcoBank Mobile. No matter the time of day, my bank helps me stay in touch with my beautiful wife whenever she's away. And when my beautiful wife is in town, she never misses out on her favorite TV shows because I'm able to pay up all my TV subscriptions from the comfort of my mobile phone. Whenever she has to get groceries too, my bank makes it cashless and convenient. And the part my wife loves the most is when my bank makes it possible and easy for her to shop from any part of the world without moving. <laughs> Welcome to the smart world of EcoBank. Download EcoBank Mobile from Google Play Store or the App Store and discover the smart way to bank. EcoBank, the Pan African Bank. Kwajo, why are you late? Yes, Kwajo, why are you late again? Kwajo, can't you talk? See, mommy, I could lie like Amma. And say I was doing my homework with my friends. Or lie like Emma and say I was helping Grandma buy food. Mommy, I will not lie like Emma. I was playing with my friends, and that is why I'm late. Homework now. Thank you for. Don't you love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Online to me. Your Kalipo is in the fridge. Kalipo, the natural fruit juice drink. Oh, do you know that? This advert is FDA. For crystal clear and thrilling podcasts and live shows, download and listen to us on Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, MyJoy Online, Amazon services like Echo, Amazon Music, and Audible, Stitcher, Adobe Online, Overcast, and Pandora. Take note of everything. Sign up for the multimedia digital platforms now to stay updated. In a world where excellence shines and achievements are celebrated, 
One event stands above the rest. Get ready for the event of the year, the CIIG Excellence Awards, where brilliance takes center stage and the achievements are celebrated like never before. For the past two editions, we have honored the trailblazers, the visionaries, and the outstanding individuals in the insurance industry. Now it's time to take it to a whole new level. The Moving Pig Hotel in Accra sets the stage for this remarkable celebration. Mark your calendars for the CIIG Excellence Awards on the 26th of August, 2023 at 6pm. It's an event you don't want to miss. Visit our website at www.ciig.edu.gh to secure your spot. The stage is set and the countdown begins. Welcome back, and thank you very much for staying with us. This is Upfront on the Joy News Channel, and this evening we're joined by Dominic Odum, who is Head of Trade Statistics at the Ghana Statistical Service. So we've been looking at, you know, uh, Ghana's trade vulnerability report. We've gone through all of it. But let's wrap up the conversation. So we see that our total exports, about two-thirds of it, are in two commodities, oil and gold. What does that tell you? So that is where we are beginning the conversation around vulnerability. These two commodities. So let me give you some statistics. Yeah. Now, we exported to the tune of um, 144.1 billion in 2022. Yeah. Three commodities, gold, crude, and cocoa, the value is 116.1 billion yes. out of the 144. So this is where we want to begin the conversation around our vulnerabilities. These are primary commodities. If there should be any shock, what other commodities are we going to export? Have we started looking at other areas where we have potential, but over the years we have been so comfortable with just these um, three commodities. So in effect, you're saying that if the prices of gold go down on the world market, we have a problem. Certainly. If prices of oil, which we have seen in the past, going down on the world market, we have a problem. Certainly. If the price of cocoa also drops on the world market, we have a problem. That's so with three major exports contribute, I mean, over two-thirds... 116 billion out of the 144 billion, it means that you are in a vulnerable state. Is that the point? Uh, so, you've, I mean, you've looked at the figures, you've worked on it. Yes. Tell us. So, that is what the numbers is As a country, that is how we are doing in terms of our trade when it comes to export. It's three commodities that are accounting for about 75% of our total export. That is for the year 2022. So, that is the state in which we are, and that is why we have given this um, report the title looking at Ghana's 2022 trade vulnerability. Are we vulnerable, based on the figures? Well, so I would say 
that yes for us our mandate like we always say is to measure and put out the numbers the policy makers would now have to pick these numbers analyze the numbers very well and then now we ask ourselves the question are we vulnerable are we doing well should we begin to look at other sectors that we have potential but we have never looked at are we doing well so the numbers as you can see we are import dependent we are importing more than we are exporting what it means is that you need more forex to bridge that gap of the deficit because you cannot trade in your currency you need forex to be able to import so as it is in terms of international trade we are import dependent we are importing more than we are exporting and we need to begin to have the conversation to try and then up our game when it comes to export diversify as well and not rely, just rely on a few commodities that we don't really have control over the pricing does that put us in a vulnerable position i would leave that to the policy makers to really tell the ghanian populace this is how we are doing in terms of statistics should we be concerned i think we should as a country because if over 75% of your export is just in three commodities and these commodities mind you are in their raw state and that is your major foreign exchange earner and you don't have control over pricing so we need to be concerned as as a people we need to thank you very much uh, dominic odum who's head of trade statistics at the ghana statistical service for joining us of a conversation about Ghana's trade vulnerability report. That's all from us this evening on Upfront on the Joy News channel. On behalf of the team, thank you very much for joining us. My name is Winston. I'm coming up as Joy News Prime.